segment that is really strong right now for direct mail is uh, nonprofit. Uh, the planned giving, the annual appeal uh, mailings, we're seeing uh, that probably has grown in the neighborhood of 25% over the past two years. This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network. Available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, 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 business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Hey, today we want to talk about direct mail. And I love direct mail. If for nothing else, then the scratch paper. But all joking aside, there is a reason why direct mail still works and the advantages, you know, what what's working in 2023, what's working at the end of 2022 here. And we did a show previously on this with Eric Van Kirkhoff, uh, who owns Allegra, Allegra Printing here in Seed Rapids, just down the road from me. And we talked about the pandemic. How do you reach people? When do you want to reach them? And I thought it was time to update that content, to update that strategy. What do we have to think about? When does direct mail work? And certainly, if nothing else, I do look at pretty much all direct mail pieces that come to me. Every once in a while, I don't, uh, you know, I don't need any more credit card offers, quite frankly. But if a local restaurant sends me something, I certainly will look at that. Uh, you know, if, if, if any other business that I might care about sends me something, I will look at that. So let's find out what's working, what's not working. Who should consider direct mail as we're moving into 2023 here? Welcome back, Eric. Hey, thanks for having me. If you are listening to on the podcast channels and you hear me go, we're fist bumping. Head on over to Spotify so you can watch the video version of the Business Storytelling Show. Really glad to have you back on the show. Now, last time we talked, we were all in the midst of this crazy pandemic and, you know, Tell us, give us an update. What's new when it comes to direct mail? What do we have to think about today, uh, you know, when it comes to that strategy? Well, what, we've, uh, what we saw through a pandemic was uh, print in general had a, a bigger role to play in marketing, uh, specifically with direct mail, because we had a lot of people working from home. And it wasn't just uh, company staff working from home. It's the people that uh, marketers are trying to target as well. And so uh, just trying to blast somebody at their place of work wasn't very easy. We needed to be able to make contact with them at their home. Uh, so direct mail uh, picked up in that regards. Uh, another portion that picked up pretty good too was uh, gift giving and fulfillment. So uh, a little bigger form of direct mail than uh, you know your standard credit card offers or annual appeals that show up. Um, but more uh, gift giving and gratitude giving to both clients and employees, again, because they weren't in the office. So that's kind of interesting. So what you're talking about is, you know, people will send me something. I mean, is this like the, and I can never say the word correctly, the reciprocatory, you know, what I'm talking about, you say it correctly, my German background, I can't say it correctly, <laughs> but basically I'm giving you something and you know you're going to pay me back later right i mean is that what yeah. we're talking about companies send things 
to to make you know hold out their hand first to help you and then hopefully you become a customer uh sure um but more so on the um the gratitude side of things uh from a sales perspective it was difficult uh for example for salespeople to make a cold call uh to an office so using lumpy mail or uh just a fancy term for packages in the mail uh was a great way to reach uh, their their target audience their the person that they would have tried to cold call in the office um and it we saw really big success rates with getting engagement because, um, again, it's not an envelope in the mailbox that can easily be overlooked or used as scratch paper, uh, as you so eloquently pointed out. But, uh, you know, to see a package and the excitement that's associated with opening it um, and the anticipation uh, really drove uh, response rates from that respect. Uh, we didn't see that being utilized in a broad way, um, like general marketing. It was more targeted, uh, selected, and uh, usually those projects um, run a smaller quantity because the price point's higher per piece uh, versus your, again, standard postcard or or envelope type mail. Did I answer your question? I, I, I think so. And so it's interesting, very very kind of you to say my little joke was eloquent. Um, I don't know if it was or not, but but certainly appreciate it. Now, you know, I famously worked for a company actually in Cedar Rapids um, and, and somebody said, after I worked there for a year, uh, Christoph, when are you gonna um, empty your mailbox? And I said, I have a mailbox? <laughs> where, where, where is it? It wasn't very far from my office, but I had one, I'd never looked at it. So that kind of made me think about when you were just kind of talking about that. Is it better for when you're trying to reach business people, is it better to do direct mail to their homes, to their businesses? I know the last time we talked, it was, you know, if you know where, where you can reach them, send it to them at their home because everybody was working at home. But how has that changed if it has currently? Yeah, we've seen a large influx of uh, staff coming back to uh, the office. So, uh, when it comes to marketing to other business, your business to business marketing, we're seeing that transition uh, more back towards the office. Um, but we're still targeting people at home too that we uh, that we know uh, our specific contacts are working remotely. Um, and of course, we also saw that with the Great Resignation, people were taking jobs that live here locally that. Um, you know, maybe the home office is out of uh, Oregon or maybe it's out of Virginia. Um, and that opened up some really great opportunities, too, for direct mail, because uh, well, well, for us from a perspective, uh, prospecting perspective, because uh, it, it gained um, more opportunity for new clients because, uh, you know, they're working here remotely for a company that, you know, our company wouldn't typically call on. Uh, because they're in Virginia or Oregon, for example. So that translated well for uh, our industry, the printing industry. Um, but we also saw a lot of our clients jumping on board with that uh, because of the remote workplace and uh, people moving from one company to the next. And that helped, uh, I think, drive a little bit more direct mail business into our industry. Um, because they saw the success and the effectiveness of using it from 
uh, a known sales tactic of, you know, we know these people work here and they are working at home. Now we know that they're working for a new company and we can prospect that company. You know, it's a very good point. And I'm actually at Vox Pop Me at my day job. I'm the only employee in the entire company in the state of Iowa. Right. Uh, so they have uh, employees all over the place, headquarters in Salt Lake City, outside Salt Lake City, near Salt Lake City and Birmingham in the United Kingdom. So only person here. So very, very interesting. Uh, and and I, I do see more of a trend to, to some companies doing that. They have people all over the place as opposed to just in a local um, in a locality. Now, let's kind of shift a little bit here and talk about what's the anatomy of a good um, direct mail piece. And I know you kind of hinted at that a little bit already. You know, you send something out and it feels different and it looks different. And I agree. I look at them longer, right? Be- just yep. because they're different. And I mean, I mean, my whole shtick has been here, you know, create content that's different, right? And it certainly works. And direct mail is no different. Uh, but But how do you create a good piece of direct mail um, that, that can set you up to, to make that campaign work? Your creative is uh, is key. It's key to any direct mail success because uh, that's what's going to get people to engage and then physically touch it. Um, so your design, your creativity needs to be top of mind. And as a matter of fact, that's a pretty big push in continued learning. Uh, I just read an article in the Penny Saver the other day that uh, Kirkwood uh, graphic design, Kirkwood being a local uh, community college, their graphic design program uh, is growing because there's uh, an uh, increased demand uh, for that profession. And specifically, it's related to print as well as digital marketing. So your creative is the number one most important thing when it comes to direct mail. Uh, and how you create something that is effective um, really needs to be based off of, you know, the purpose of the piece. Um, for example, I've seen a few credit card companies now using a tactic where their envelope is pretty plain. It looks very institutional and uh, it, it causes people, you know, curiosity. What's in here? It looks institutional. Did it come from a government uh, organization or, or facility or whatever it is, but it's pretty blank, plain, um, but it, it gets you to open it uh, versus some of the other credit card offers that you see that, uh, you know, fancy blue envelope, soft touch, there's foil on it. It's an odd shape. Uh, you clearly know that it's a credit card offer, so you might not open it. Um, some other things that, uh, that help are, you know, obviously the call to action, which is part of your creative. Um, but it is the message. So it needs to look pretty, but it also has to have that call to action or that message that uh, gets somebody to at least look at it, because that really is the main uh, purpose of direct mail is to be seen. Uh, and then if you can get somebody to open it, that's that's a bonus. And if you can get them to act on it, um, you know, that's the, the holy grail of direct mail is getting people to act on it. I mean, cer- certainly that's what we want everybody to do for all the marketing that we do, right? Get people to take some kind of action. Yeah. Um, you know, w- when you mentioned, I just got one of these in the mail the other day and it looked pretty official. And I, I don't want to misstate it, but I thought it even said official statement or official notice or yeah. I don't know, something like that. And, you know, 
where's that line for being just a little too sleazy and uh, yeah that right i um I'll leave it to the credit card companies to try any tactic they can um but i think credit card companies have their own um i guess genre of direct mail if you will uh, and I think everybody else that, that takes that more, um, you know, mature or professional approach uh, typically is seen differently. And I do want to mention, and I think I kind of probably said that wrong just slightly. I'm not, I don't remember whether it was a credit card company or something else. Uh, I, I want to say it was a credit card company, but I do remember when you said it looks very official. I did get one that looked very official and it was yep. really just trying to sell me something. And I don't remember what it was. It could have been a credit card. Now, back a, a couple of years ago, we talked about especially local businesses, right? So mm -hmm. businesses were struggling with people knowing whether they're open, what are the rules, do we have to wear masks, blah, blah, blah. What's the offering? Restaurants are still struggling with that. It seems, you know, not enough staff here and there on certain days and, and, and whatnot. So we talked about local businesses that have a geographic area you know it works really well because you can target me and send me send something to everybody within whatever radius uh, so that's one business that can make direct mail work um, give me some other examples if you could like what kind of business um is direct mail a, a, you know i don't want to say definite win but sure uh, a potential definite win i guess yeah um you know the business to consumer segment uh, is pretty strong for direct mail, uh, especially if you have a good, again, call to action or offer. Um, and you can usually get people to um, you know, impulse, uh, especially if you integrate digital with your direct ma mail, meaning if you put a QR code on, on your piece of mail that can link somebody instantly to purchase uh, whatever it is you're selling, uh, that's, that can be pretty effective. Uh, the other segment that is really strong right now for direct mail is uh, nonprofit. Uh, the planned giving, the annual appeal uh, mailings, we're seeing uh, that probably has grown in the neighborhood of 25% over the past two years. And uh, our clients are mailing earlier uh, than normal this year by about uh, 30 to 45 days. Um, and I think that uh, there's a lot of competition in the space for that annual appeal or that planned giving, you know, the, the tax deductible donations, if you will, for nonprofits. So we're really seeing that take off and um, getting good feedback, too. Um, it's not just about spending the money. It's about bringing the money in, obviously, for those organizations. And they're having good success. Uh, if that's pandemic related, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I don't have the information on that, but what I can share is that yeah, direct mail is is growing in that respect, and it is working. It's, it's very interesting to me, and I might uh, try to find a, a clip here from uh, Vox Pop Me asking consumers about QR codes, uh, and, and we might try to play that if I can find it here in time. But um, to me, it is just baffling how QR codes are making a comeback because I remember I was working at a local media company uh, 12 years ago and we actually, there's a parade, a local parade. And basically what we uh, we did, we had shirts on and it said, it had a QR code and it said, scan me for a good deal. It was like, here's the deal, I think was the name of the, the, the campaign. And people barely knew 
what we were talking about. I thought right. it was super, uh, super um, creative. But why are QR codes all of a sudden making such a comeback? Uh, part of it, I think, has to do with technology. Um, you know, 12 years ago, you had to have a special app uh, on most devices to be able to read that QR code. Uh, now that ability is integrated into your cameras, uh, your phone's camera. Um, so you don't need that special app. Uh, the other thing too is that QR codes have evolved to the point where you can brand them. Um, take a look at Hy-Vee's QR code, for example. Um, or you can put a logo inside of the QR code. So there's ways to dress it up uh, and also integrate it with the overall design. Uh, and or again, like I stated, Hy-Vee's, their general branding. Um, and, and I think that because it's been so widely adapted and technology has made that easier, I think that's why you're seeing a, a pretty good resurgence of it. Uh, and quite frankly, it's almost the easiest way I've probably ever seen to use cross-channel marketing uh, with direct mail. Yeah, it is. It is quite interesting to me how that works. Um, how people are, are using them. Is there any kind of, so when you create, I assume you create QR codes directly there for your customers. Yep. Um, there, you know, I'm not too worried about that necessarily, but is there, um, is there like a security issue? Like, how do we know whoever created them didn't, um, you know, isn't sending us to some malicious site? Yeah. Malicious site, I guess. Uh, no, I, I, um, Honestly, Christoph, I can't answer that. Um, you know, we partner with uh, a software provider to generate our QR codes. Um, there are f free QR code generators online. Uh, we try and stay away from those, um, not because we've ever experienced any security issues, uh, but uh, because in order to uh, offer some of those higher-end QR codes that are stylized or they're branded, um, it's a different software process than the free black and white ones that you might find online. Absolutely. So I'm not going to be able to show you guys this clip, but it, it is available over on YouTube. Just search for uh, QR codes um, on Vox Pop Me, the Vox Pop Me channel. This is this is too much technology um, early in the morning. Um, <laughs> so Eric, so tell me about how do we start. Uh, a direct mail campaign? And do you recommend, should it be part of an overall campaign or is it, you know, um, standalone or how do you typically uh, think about that? Right. Um, from a business branding standpoint, um, I would not ever advocate for putting all your eggs in one basket. Um, direct mail does have, uh, you know, one of the highest response rates compared to digital marketing, especially, and uh, email marketing. And there's plenty of facts out there uh, to support that. Um, but to get started, um, really, uh, the overall message uh, and your branding uh, should really be nailed down. And then obviously get with a graphic designer, uh, because like I said before, your creative is extremely important. That's what is going to catch uh, somebody's eye. And you should already, like I said, have your message developed. And then I always advocate working with a professional. Um, check the reviews online because one mistake uh, with a pre-sort mailer, for example, if your weight is off by a little bit, 
you could be overpaying for postage to the tune of hundreds, even thousands of dollars that you don't need to. So working with a, a professional company that has experience with direct mail, that works closely with the United States postal system uh, is key to make sure that you're not overspending on your postage so that you can redirect those monies to enhance the printed piece or whatever other aspects of your marketing campaign you might have, whether it's your website, a pay-per-click campaign, um, a special site that you've built for a QR code to uh, send people to uh, that you integrate into your direct mail. Um, and then, of course, all the other mediums that uh, you know you see out there today, ads on YouTube, uh, radio ads, um, uh, a multifaceted approach to your marketing is much better than putting all your eggs in one basket. Um, again, I would not advocate for that. Direct mail is great, but uh, don't spend every penny you have for marketing there. You know, and I, I'm a big fan of that too. And what's interesting um, to me, what you just mentioned is, so for example, when I run a new campaign, certainly on, on, on digital, cert, whether it's organic or paid or whatever, it doesn't make any difference. There's some rules I have to follow, but there's also a lot of leeway, right? Sure. Like, you know, like I just did a thing on YouTube and the leeway I have is unbelievable, right? There's really no rules around how I should look and what I should do. But when it comes to anything that's sent by the postal service, especially something that's not in an envelope, right? Like a postcard yep. or or I get those huge posters. I don't know what they want me to do with them, like hang them up on the wall, I guess, for political candidates. But, you know, huge, huge posters. And, I mean, there's rules on where you need to leave space, where whatever go, the postage goes, right, or whatever the signia is. Um, so that's another thing to think about to make sure you get that right. Absolutely. Not only does your list need to be cleaned, again, so you're not wasting postage, uh, but there is read area for the postal system. And in order to qualify for those pre-sort rates, uh, you need to make sure that the mail piece is set up right. Uh, again, clear white space around the address, around the intelligent mail barcode system, and then your indicia needs to be clear. Uh, and indicias, if you don't have one yourself, because there is a cost involved, most companies don't have their own indicia. Uh, that's just another reason to work with a professional company that does have an indicia um, that you can piggyback and use. And typically, um, a direct mail company should charge a very uh, nominal fee for that, or excuse me, minimal fee for that, um, you know, to the tune of just a few dollars. Because those uh, indicias, once they're set up and they're being used regularly, uh, the post office uh, doesn't charge uh, an exorbitant amount. So the expertise that you're really paying for when you work with a professional direct mail company is that pre-sorting, is making sure that all the addresses on your list are deliverable and that we're kicking out the ones that aren't. And we're also able to reply back with a list for you that shows, hey, these addresses have changed, so you can put that in your MIS system, uh, or these are no longer valid. So you should take these people out of your database um, or do further investigation. So it's not just about making sure that you uh, save your, your marketing dollars and not overspend on postage, but there's also the value of getting that information back and having a clean list and getting with your sales or marketing team and updating uh, your records internally. Because what happens if I tell me if I understand that incorrectly, but the, the postal service actually 
um, they try to match, right? Who's yep. on the list and what the address is. And then also, is it actually a valid address, right? Yes. So they don't just want to send it to a parking lot in downtown or, or something. Like exactly. That. Yep. Very interesting. Um, and so tell us, who do you work with? How do people reach you? What's, uh, you, you know, who are your perfect clients? Are, are they local, national, and how do they get in touch with you? Right. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, well, you can always give us a call at Allegra in Cedar Rapids. That's 319-396-7626 or go to AllegraCR.com and uh, get a hold of us that way. You can always email me, Eric at AllegraCR.com. And you know, Christoph, that, that's a kind of a loaded question. Who is who's an ideal client? Um, you know, for us, it, it's it's the business to business. We love helping nonprofits with fundraising. You know, our company gives back to the community by uh, offering printing grants annually to nonprofits, and they're using that to drive their direct mail to increase their donations. Um, so we love helping the nonprofits. Uh, we also love helping the profits because. Um, Helping them get their message out, get their brand out, and, and keeping it consistent is something that we're focused on. We understand how brand uh, branding guidelines work and how they don't work uh, in conjunction with direct mail. So if you're a busy business owner, entrepreneur, uh, you're a busy marketing manager, and you're looking for somebody to help you fine-tune your direct mail, uh, give us a call at Allegra. We'd, we'd love to help. Check them out and certainly direct mail, especially in B2C or for nonprofits, it is not dead. And uh, it's always interesting to me to see what, you know, what areas can benefit from certain strategies. Eric, it was great to have you back on the show. I always learn something new from you. Really appreciate you making the time. Thanks, Christoph. I appreciate you thinking of me. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.